Good morning, Grinders! Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Friday, July fifteenth. And you know what we do on Fridays? We fight. We fight. It's Fighting Friday. It's Fighting Friday. Going over the UFC Long Island. They're in Long Island, kind of like my backyard, my old school backyard. Uh, in uh, in uh, where that they're the UBS Arena, I believe. Right, they're out there, Uniondale, somewhere, somewhere around there, where, where the Islanders play, I believe. Uh, well, the new, the new staff. I, I used to go to the Nassau Coliseum, uh, which is a, which is a death trap. But uh, yeah, they're fighting out there tomorrow. It's an early, it's an early slate. It's eleven in the morning Eastern, and it's on, it's on ABC. It's on broadcast uh, TV. So, uh, so yeah, so make sure you get up early, right? Don't think it's a six o'clock card or a four o'clock card. It's eleven a.m. Eastern time. So if you're on the West Coast, that's eight. That's eight in the morning. Get up early. I see people in the chat getting up here early. Wataz is Wataz is the new Suki Singh. Good morning, Wata. 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 Wataz. Wataz. Something like that. Boondada. Good morning. Daniel Hutchings. Nerdy Tanners here. Hello. SKM Music. Good morning. Defic. Good morning. Feel free to, to chat all you want. Ask whatever questions you want. We'll be talking about the UFC uh, Long Island card tomorrow. Uh, to 12 fight slate and uh, we're talking about combinations. I mean, that's what we primarily talk about DFS strategy on this show. If you want fight breakdowns, we have that under Roto Grinders Premium. So sign up for that. Uh, get the combo premium package. You get the, the ownership projections, the, uh, the player projections, the uh, expert survey, which I'm a part of, uh, the premium podcast, which I'm a part of. We recorded for almost two hours. Last night, that should be up at some early, early afternoon today. Break down all the fights with uh, with Liam and uh, Mike H3 Buddha. So sign up for that. You'll get all of that. And if you want the baseball stuff, right, we got a 13-game baseball slate, MLB slate tonight. They'll be covering that on Grinders Live later today, 5 o'clock Eastern, then Crunch Time right after that. And also there's a, there's also a special uh, FanDuel strategy video. We got, we got a whole ton of videos on the channel, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell to know when we go live. And uh, so for, for this card, I, I said I said this on the, the premium podcast. Uh, I for for strategic purposes, I think this is a great card. Uh, it the the context of this card uh, goes very much into to, to my style of strategy, except for one caveat. There's one huge caveat which you typically hear me say that I'm going to say the complete opposite of. Okay, so why I like this card so much is that no one is that great of a favorite. Okay, I like cards where the 9K fighters, because what DraftKings does is that DraftKings prices everyone based on money line odds, right? That's all they'll do. It doesn't matter how the method of victory, how many points they could score, just the bigger they are as a favorite when they open, or at least when the salaries come out on Monday, uh, that's what they'll price them at. So the head, the heaviest favorite is going to be somewhere in the, the low to mid 9,000. And the, and the, the biggest underdog is going to be in the high 6,000s, right? No matter what the odds are. So we have some slates where the $9,400 fighter is a minus 700 favorite. Then the the $9,300 fighter is a minus 500 favorite. We get a bunch of like very heavy favorites. Sometimes we have slates where the, the fit it, it's minus 240 and it, it's still a $8,500 fighter. There are a lot of heavier favorites on the slate. On this slate, there's a lot more closer fights. The 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 biggest the big the two biggest favorites are uh, Lamos and Sumadarji. Sue, we'll just call him Sue. Seventy-two percent, seventy-six percent implied win probability. So that's at most three to one favorite, which is a decent favorite. But a lot a lot of these favorites are like two to one. Two and a half to one favorites, some close to a pick'em line, three to two type type of lines. So on cards like this, where there are a lot more closer fights, that means there's more likelihood of underdogs winning, which means that it's more likely that the optimal lineup will leave money on the table. And because the field in MMA contests tends, you can see this in all DFS contests, they tend to want to spend all their salary or most of the salary. So a lot of people will be playing a 9K fighter, two 9K fighters, 
a main event fighter, one of the 8K fighters, and only two underdogs, one underdog, two underdogs, either one big underdog or two like medium-sized underdogs, that and that spends 49-7, 49-9, 50,000, that based on the, the, the inside the distance and money line odds, there's... I wouldn't be shocked if five or six underdogs won on this slate and in that, in their wins put up 90 plus points. So in those scenarios, the optimal lineup may leave 1500 on the table, right? We may have, you know, Herbert Burns gets a, you know, the two takedowns uh, submission, you know, whatever. And he, he's sitting there with 112 points, right? Something like that, right? We get, we get judge Jordan gets a first round knockout against Burgos, and he's sitting there with 105 points. So in those scenarios, leaving money on the table is very advantageous for two reasons. One, uh, the the field isn't going to do it as much, and you're less likely to be duplicated. So that I like I like cards, especially when there's more than, more than 11 fights, right? 12, I'd rather there be more fights, but 12 fight card, a lot, a lot, a lot more, a lot more closer fights. And also a lot of the, a lot of the favorites are not I mean, a lot of everyone on the slate is not that trustworthy. Okay, so I'm, I'm not sure about how many points some of these fighters score and whether or not they even win. But people are going to be way too sure of themselves. They're going to build lineups uh, that contain some of these fighters. And I prefer to leave money on the table, especially on this slate. The second thing on this slate, like I said, there's two. There's one that I like. Okay, I, I love the fact that I could leave, I could leave a thousand on the table, and I still feel like I've, I may even have better lineups than the lineups that have fifty k on them. That will spend all the salary. But typically, you'll hear me say, I say on this show, the main event is overowned, right? The main of five round main event overowned, right? People tend to play one fighter from the main event typically because it's five rounds and it's it's two named fighters and whatever. And a lot of times, the main event is overowned. Most of the time, if on average. You played every UFC slate uh, that ha- that had at least one main event. I mean, sometimes we have two five-round fights. Sometimes we have three five-round fights. But on the slates where there's only one five-round fight, if on average you were under the field or faded a main of the main event, you'd probably be more profitable, right? Because the because t- there's going to be so many lineups that have a main event fighter in it that by you not having a main event fighter, you're going to be much more unique and much the combinations of your lineup compared to others are going to be much different. You're not going to win as often, but when you win, you win more money than you should. This slate is the opposite. This slate, we uh, the main event five-round fight is, is an $8,500, $7,700 fight. So it's not, it's a much closer fight. A lot of times we get main events that the, the main event favorite is 9,000. It's like, Okay, maybe maybe he gets a third round finish and he only scores 86 points, right? We saw with Fiziev, right? He only scored 86 last week, but not many other people scored well either. Uh, so he ended up sneaking his way into the optimal lineup. But we see a lot of times where it's like, oh, the main event favorite is too expensive that maybe, maybe he doesn't get there. Is he, right? We know that. Uh, but these guys are much cheaper now. 8,500, 7,700. And they both fight in a style that just bleeds fantasy points. Okay, you have Yair Rodriguez, high volume striker, right? Does, I mean, if this fight stays on its feet, he could score 15 points around just on striking. Then you have Ortega, who will grapple, who will wrestle. Is he the greatest wrestler? Not really, but Yair Rodriguez doesn't have great takedown defense. So if Ortega dominates a round or two on the mat, he could score 25, 30 points around. So even in a decision in five rounds, the likelihood of uh, either Ortega or Rodriguez scoring 100 points in a win is extremely high on this slate. In, in fact, based on uh, the, the betting lines and uh, the range of outcomes of the projections, uh, Ortega and Rodriguez have the best shot at 100-plus points regardless of salary. That's the key point, regardless of salary. So Ortega at 8,500 has the highest ceiling on this slate more than nine other fighters than eight other fighters, right? We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay. So it's quite possible that Ortega is the highest scorer on the slate and he's 900 cheaper than the, the most expensive fighter on the slate. So that gives more into the case that the optimal lineup may leave a lot of money on the table, especially if multiple underdogs live. I mean, picture a scenario where Ortega, you know, puts up 120 Herbert Burns wins 
Stolzfus wins, Jordan wins, maybe Dolce wins with a knockout or something like that. We may get four underdogs that score 90 plus, maybe 100 points. And then you're sitting there and you're going, okay, well, I'm going to play Punaheli Soria. Well, he's going to lose if he lost to Dolce. But let's say, you know, uh, you know, Lemos. The decision victory, Lemos probably doesn't score 100 points, right? Stand-up affair, right? If Lemos, even, even if Lemos gets like a third-round finish, like she doesn't, she's the highest price fighter on the slate. She doesn't put up a hundred points. She's pretty much dead. Right. I, based on these betting lines, there's going to be more, I, there's going to be more dog. The dogs are barking, right? Which dogs win? Ah, that, that's a, that's a different story. I don't know, but most likely we got Jung, the, the, the money, the money line odds have flipped for him. So he's going to be popular, right? We're going to have, uh, let's see who else. I mean, I mean, look at these inside the distance line, even compared to the favorites. I mean, we have some favorites that have, you know, plus 200 or worse ITD lines. But some of these underdogs, I mean, uh, Lee, what, Jung is plus 225. Lee Jinglang, plus 280. Herbert Burns, plus 275. Stoltzfus, plus 305. Jordan, plus 315. Dolce, plus 265. Are you telling me that like, none of them win? One of them is one of these guys is going to put up 100 points and maybe two of them even, right? Maybe three. Maybe you don't need 100 out of three of them, but maybe maybe 85 from one of these guys is good enough to be a top six fighter on the slate, on a slate that may have a bunch of decisions on it. So, like my 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 number one recommendation from from a profitability standpoint, an expected value standpoint, is to leave the leave money on the table. Most of my liners will, on average, leave a thousand on the table. And if a 50K lineup that's duped 74 times wins, then so be it. Then I, I lose. I lose. Then I lose. But as far as an EV consideration, I'm going to be leaving a bunch of money on the table. And most likely playing one main event fighter in every single lineup. Which I know, it sounds crazy for me. I always say to fade the main event. Well, main event's over-owned. Well, based on what I got here, like we have uh, Ortega projected owned 42. Yair Rodriguez 37. Like, I think it's going to come in closer to 48 and 34, but I have them as under-owned. Ortega on this lake should maybe be almost 60% owned. Yair Rodriguez should be 40%. I mean, it should, uh, based, on, based on, on these numbers, they, sh- they should be the most owned fighters. And they will be the most owned, but I don't think they'll be owned enough, even if, even if they are. It's one of those situations where, yes, it's the chalk, but they're still under-owned. So I will have I will have a a massive I will have a massive ton probably I'll probably end up with like sixty five percent Ortega and thirty five percent Rodriguez maybe even seventy percent Ortega because I'm leaving money on the table a lot of times so the difference between the price is not going to matter the eight hundred dollar difference I'm going to have if I have Rodriguez in my lineup it's a lineup that has like forty nine k anyway and it could it, it, I could I could spend up for Ortega so it's more likely to get to more Ortega but. Let's take a look at the combinations now. Now, based on what we went through, what what are the most owned types of combinations? Well, obviously one main event fighter. So let's let's put in Ortega. Let's just take a look at an example of a of a lineup that's going to be very owned, right? So we have Ortega here. Uh, probably uh, Jack Shore, who I'll be under on. I think. People look at these game logs between uh, with Shore and Simone and see aggressive wrestling. Take down City, right? That's all they see. So Shore, aggressive grab, aggressive wrestler. Is he the greatest wrestler? No, but he attempts a lot of takedowns. Simone, excellent wrestler, right? That that's that that's his game. Since they're both good at wrestling, a lot of times that that just cancels each other out, right? If Shore goes for t- takedowns on Simone. Can he even get him down? And if he gets him down, can Simone can easily reverse or get back up because he's an accomplished wrestler. And vice versa with Shore. If Simone goes for takedowns, Shore's takedown defense is very good also, right? And then if Simone gets Shore down, Shore probably could get right back up. So, I mean, in dominant fights, these guys have immense ceilings. In dominant fights. If they were, if they were minus 400 favorites, They'd have the highest ceilings on the slate because the 12 takedowns, uh, 12 minutes of control time, you know, 200 ground strikes, they could put up 160 points, right? But they're not in dominant situations and they're facing someone that has their equal strength. It's not striker versus grappler. It's grappler versus grappler. 
And a lot of times in grappler versus grappler, you, it ends up playing out on its feet because neither of them wants to go into the other person's strength. I think it's more likely that Simone would rather have this on the ground because I think Shore is a little bit, a little bit better on the feet. But I don't know how much success they're going to have. So, like, I think this Shore Simone fight is going to be entertaining to watch, possibly. But I think it's going to be overowned. But I mean, I think Shore, I mean, based on our ownership projections, I mean, Shore is going to be thirty-five plus percent owned. So you got Ortega and Shore in your lineup, right? You got Jung because of the the line value because he's now a favorite at seventy-nine hundred. And uh, now, now you're looking to, you know, now what else, right? Stolzfus, right? Or Jordan, right? One of these because of line value for Stolzfus against Grant because not many people are going to play Grant. So maybe they play Stolfus. And look, you got 8950. You could play one of these 9K fighters. So maybe you play Sue, right? And, and then you play Bill Algeo, who's going to be popular also against Burns. That's a very high variance fight. Burns has not, has not fought in like two years coming off a torn ACL. Typically a gasser as well, uh, but Burns is, uh, you don't want to get on the mat with Herbert Burns. So And Bill Algeo has, has issues giving up his back. So uh, very high variance fight. Either Bill Algeo, uh, typically is ne- never this big of a favorite. He's minus 210 currently against anyone. Uh, it, it's either going to turn out that, that Burns is not ready to come back into the octagon and Algeo should have been a bigger favorite. It could also turn out within the first round that Burns should have been the minus 210 favorite. So who knows? So if Burns doesn't got it, Algeo could destroy him and put up a very big score, or it could be vice versa. So that that's a that's a that's a GPP fight. But I think Algeo will be popular. I think something, a lineup like this is going to be popular. Right? If you want to replace Ortega with Rodriguez and Stolzfus with some someone else, it's gonna be something like this. And based on our combined ownership my average ownership over here with my own, which is not set in stone. I just put, I just quickly put something, you know, close, close in. Uh, let's go, let's go through the comp. Like how, how own, how many duplicates of this lineup? It could there be on average of this, like a popular construction type. Okay. So we're going to go with what? It's Sue at 37, 37, 35. So let's put this in 37, 35. Then we got Shore at 37, Ortega at 46, 46, 37. I mean, this is, this is very, very owned. And then who else we got? Young at 31 and Stolzfus at 23, 31 and 23, 1 and 23, 51 average dudes, right? So this would be a lineup. That in large field, especially, maybe not even in small field, this could be duped into the 555 or something. Not a combination that I would play. Okay. So let's let's start taking people out and seeing how many combinations there are. Okay. So let's say we take out Stolzfus and we take out uh Jung, right? So we're playing a 9K fighter, because a lot of these 9K fighters are about the same, right? As far as ownership goes, whether it be Sue, Soriano, Burgos. Right, so the ownership is about the same. So if we pair one of these guys with Algeo, Shore, and Ortega, and then obviously you're gonna have to fill in some type of underdog. Right, we got the average remaining player salary is seventy six fifty. So we're taking out uh, Jung and and Stolzfus. So let's take out Jung. Jung is the thirty one. Okay, so we're taking both of these out now. So that represents, on average, 2.2% of all lineups, 720 lineups, on average. So if we go into our lineup HQ and just try to run lineups, two remaining players, average salary, 76.50. How many combinations is that? 28. You just keep on going until it says, I can't make any more lineups. So that's 28. 28 combinations. So the average duplication of that combination, 25. So these four fighters right here probably don't want to play together. Right? And this could and this Sue, this Sue Samarji, that would be with any of those fighters up here. Right? We're talking about any any of the 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 Lima, even I guess Lemos also, but we could run it with Lemos and see. Uh cuz Lemos is a little bit lower owned. But any of the any of the 9K options. Like basically Lemos, Soriano, Samarji and Burgos. 
right? Because I have them at 27, 36, 36, 35. So let's try Lemos at 27 and see how many combinations. I mean, I I'm, I could already tell you. I could already tell you that uh, it's going to be too many. So we take out Samarji there. And we put in Lemos. We have Lemos at, what, 27% owned? Let's go to the combo calculator. Uh, what was what was Sumarji? At 27.35. Something like that. Let's just make sure that that's right. So you got Algia with 35, Ortega at 46. Yeah, that's right. So even with Lemos at 9,400, which is, she's going to be less owned, but still not low owned uh, compared to these other 9K fighters. So now we're going to see how many combinations of these four fighters, 1.61%. We're going to run 7,500 remaining. Yeah, this is going to be too too few combinations also. 18. Yeah, this is going to be probably even worse because she's a little bit more expensive. But her in, average dupes 29. Okay, so here's another lineup combination that you probably could get rid of. Okay, so we're, we're looking. So basically, if you play Ortega, Shore, and Algeo with any of the 9K fighters, you're going to run, on average, into too many dupes. So that would be the type of group that you would make, right, in player groups. Say, like, I don't want to make lineups that, that have that combination, for large field especially. Let's say we take out Ortega and we put in, uh, we put in, uh, Yair Rodriguez instead. So replacing, now it's a cheaper fighter, which means there's going to be more combinations. And we're going to put in, now instead of a 30, 46% on fighter, it's a 37% on fighter. And we're going to leave Lemos in, right, at 27. Right? She's a little bit lower owned. And then we're going to run with Lemos in like that. So now we have an average remaining player salary of 7,900. Okay, and let's see how many combinations are available for that. It's going to be more, 42. Right, we put in the combination calculator. Average dupes, 10. Okay, so a little bit better, but still probably probably an overduped combination. So a 9K fighter and those three fighters. Let, let's put in Samarji. Right, Samarji is how owned? What's 37% owned. So instead of Lemos, we're putting in Samarji and we're running this again. He's cheaper, so there'll be a couple of more combinations. But uh, I don't think enough to to satisfy, right? 80-50 remaining for the past two fighters. So let's see how many combinations there are. It's going to be a bit more. 56. We go to 56. I mean, we're still going to get too many. 10, right? About the same. So it seems like if you're going to play a 9K fighter, you if you're going to play a 9K fighter, you would not want... Algeo, Shore, and either of the main event fighters. So you, so in lineup HQ, if you have this tool, you can make a group like that. So for instance, you can make a group that says like Algeo, Shore, right? Algeo, Shore, Ortega, Rodriguez. And let, let's put in all the the the, the seven K fighter, the nine K fighters. We got Lemos, we got Smarji, we got Soriano, and we got Burgos. We do not want to play four of these people, right? So basically, Algeo, Algeo, Shore, main event, and one of the nine K fighters. So, like at minimum, you do most three. So basically, you can't make lineups with three of these guys. I'm. I think you should do be even more restrictive than this, but this is at minimum based on this. Like they'll make too many combinations. I, I'm I'm more likely to do two, but three three would avoid all the combinations we were talking about just now. Could be avoided by simply making this group: all the nine K fighters plus Algeo plus Shore plus Ortega and Rodriguez. I'd even probably even throw in Jung into this as well. He's going to be like 30% owned. We can take it. We, I mean, we can take a look at just at the ownership and just you throw all these guys in that are going to be 30 plus percent owned, right? Algeo, Jack Shore, Jung, Rodriguez, right? And then you're fine. And you go no more than three of them, but it's quite possible. Some of those combinations that have three of them 
are also going to be too old. So let's say we do something like this. Okay, I'm going to turn off this group so it could, it could still work. So let's say people try to play two 9K fighters. So let's say they're going to play or, a main event Ortega. They're going to play, maybe they don't play LJO. Maybe they play Shore. And then they play two of these guys. So let's take the two cheapest ones. Samarji and Burgos. Okay. So a lineup that looks like this. Average remaining player salary. Uh-oh, 7,500. Not many combinations are going to be left. All right. So let's put them together. Okay. So what, what did this ownership look like? So we got uh, Samarji, 37, 35, 46, 37. 36, 35, 46, 40, 46, 37. This is gonna, there's not going to be many combinations of this. So let's run this. 19, right? So this lineup combination, 36 average dupe. So you definitely don't want to do this. So a main event fighter, Ortega, Shore, Samarji, Burgos. And I'm just using the two cheapest ones because they're all close to the same ownership. So let's say you take out Ortega and you put in Rodriguez. So it gives you more salary available. But Rodriguez is going to be 37% owned also. So we change Ortega's uh, ownership here to 37, right? We still have a lot of lineups. 564 lineups on average in the large field. Average remaining player salary is 7,900. So let's build. We should we should get a decent amount of combos here, but still probably not, not as many as they should be. 45. We put in 45, average dupes 12. Still, still a lot of dupes. Still a lot of damn dupes. So now we look at this and you go, okay, do we want to play two 9K fighters together at all with a main with, with a main event fighter? With a shore, with an LGO, right? Because even if this was was Lemos, it's not going to change that much. Maybe you get the average dupes down to eight or nine. So maybe you'd also make a lineup. That has all the main event. It has all the Lemos. Lemos, Sumarji, Burgos. Uh, who's the other one? Soriano. And then we put Ortega and Rodriguez in there, the main event fighters. And we say no more than two. Yeah, you can play two. You could play two 9K fighters. But if you play two 9K fighters, you won't have a main event fighter. Okay, that'll reduce the dupes. But you still have Shore and Algeo there. So maybe you even throw them in. And by that point, you're basically making the same one and just reducing it down to two. That's why I said before, said looking at this 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 group, I'd be more inclined to just make this a two and not even have to create the other group. So I'm looking, I'm looking more at this. Like to get to really lower your dupes. Right, we, we don't care about this one. We'll just make it so that all of these guys max two. So if you play, if I, and especially if I'm playing a main event fighter in every lineup, basically every lineup could only have a max of one of Limo, Soriano, Sumarji, Burgos, Algeo, Shore, or Jung. Because I have Ortega or Rodriguez in every lineup. Every other combination is going to be made. So I only could have one of these, but all of these are the most owned fighters, and it's a 12 fight card. So what is the what what are the types of lineups that you can make in difference? So let's say we get rid of this group here. Delete. So let's say we we made this three. So we can keep three fighters in there. What do these lineups look like? Let's let's take a look at the, the highest, you know, 10 projected lineups based on the median, which to me doesn't really matter in, in, in MMA. So if you build three in, so only three of these, and we build, I mean, we have any salary, anything like that. Build 10 lineups, okay? So we're getting Jordan, Jung, Shore, Algeo, Samarji, and Ortega, right? Jordan, Sung, Ducati, right? We go by ownership here. So look, you're spending 49 49 49.9, 49.9, 49.8, 49.9, 49.6, 49.50,000. These are still very own lineups. So let's take a look at the first one. So we take a look at the first one. You got 42, 40, 39, 36. I mean, this is this is the Roto-Grinders ownership. I mean, this lineup is going to be duped. I mean, come on. I mean, you could just tell right here. Total lineup ownership, 214. 42, 40, 39, 36. 
42, 40, 39, 36, 27, 27. Average group's 56. I mean, keeping, and this is this is going along with the group. No more than three of those fighters. We got Ortega, Samarji. Okay. Oh, this is, oh, did I did I even did I fail to oh, I didn't enable the group? I'm sorry. Let's do this over again. The top top five lineups that have a max of three of there. I I, I should have double checked. Okay. So let's take a look. Jordan Ducati, Tate, Shore, Algeo, Ortega. Okay, but let's even take a look at this. So we got 42, 39, 36. 42, 39, 36. And the last three fighters, 19, uh, 27, 29, 19. 27, 29, 19. 28 dupes. Right, 49, 8 lineup. Even this lineup, using a max of three out of the most owned fighters, still is still is way too duplicated at 49.8. Especially, you know, the ones that are higher in salary. I mean, if we could find, if one of these was like 49,000, that would be a different story. But look, we have a 50K lineup here. Burns, Jordan, Ducati, Soriano, Lemos, Ortega. Yeah, this is dupe, dupe city. You're in Dupe City. Here's Simone, Jordan, Ducati, Algeo, Lemos, Ortega. Like, yeah, these, these are all Dupe City. Dupe City. You have 240% owned, 335 plus percent owned. So this is the main reason why, like, my initial reaction to this player group was, why don't we just make it two? So let's say, let's go down to two now. Max of two of this. And let's see what the top five lineups are. Okay. Now we're now we're getting past the ownership is coming down. We're getting some 49-6 lineup. That's pretty good. 49-3 lineup. So one of the top five lineups in medium projection is actually seven leaving 700 on the table. But let's take a look at this first top lineup that spends all 50,000, which is makes it more likely to be duped. Okay, so we got 42, 39, 19. 19. 29, 24, 27. 29, 24, 27. 19 dupes, right? Especially at 50,000. So even this, even this may be too duplicated. Ortega, Algeo, Tate, Ducati, Salikov, and Jordan. It's a weird combination, right? But even this could be duped. But let's take a look at that 49 3 lineup. Right? 42, 40, 19. <laughs> It's like using those two 40% on fighters. That's the problem. <coughs> 29, 27, 24. Oh, it's the same thing. <laughs> average 19 dupes with that combination. But since it leaves seven under the table, the average may be 19, but I don't know. So maybe it's a matter of just Ortega and the 9K fighters. So it seems like the top five are still too duped. So if you're playing... So maybe you add another group. So if you're going to play a 9K fighter, you don't play a main event fighter. So I'm going to put in Lemos, Oriano, Margie, and Burgos. Then put the two main event fighters in there and say a max of one. Of the, if Ortega or Rodriguez is in, you're not playing any of the 9K fighters. Now let's take a look at what they look like. Okay? Here's a 50,000 lineup. Ortega, Algeo, Tate, Ducati, Salikov, Jordan. Probably still too owned. This is going to jam in or Ortega into a lot of lineups. We're going to get sure. Right, these are these are the ones that spend fifty thousand in salary. But let's say you didn't spend fifty thousand in salary. Let's delete these builds. Let's 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 run let's run a bunch of lineups with this with this configuration. So basically, we're playing no more than one of these and no more of two of any of these. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna run I'm gonna run I'm gonna run a hundred and I'm gonna just run one hundred and fifty. Right. Doesn't matter the salary, right? 
We don't have to do anything else now. I'm just going to run 150 and let that run. Going through the YouTube chat. Shane Doughty, Fighting Friday, best day of the week. Is this exciting to you? Figure out the combinations not to play. That's the name of the game. Especially if you're going to play large field GPPs. So I'm building 150 lines using those two groups. Just to see. Just to see. Okay. Here's fantasy point. I mean, we're using median fantasy points. I really don't care. But out of the top 150 lineups, now I'm looking for salary. Salary low to high. Here's a 48-1 lineup. Ortega, Tate, Ducati, Jung, Jordan, and Burns. Does it sound this? Does it sound that ridiculous? Burns could get a submission, first round submission. Jordan could get a first round knockout. Jung's a favorite in the match. Ducati's a favorite. Tate, I mean, she is wrestling upside, I guess. Low owned and Ortega in the main event. Like, what's that? Does this not make any sense? It's at least 1900 on the table, and it's not, this doesn't look that crazy. Here's one with Ortega, Shore, Ducati, Jordan, Jacoby, and Burns. Here's one Ortega, Shore, Tate, Ducati, Jordan, Adalcha, 48 1. I mean, even if we go to like some of the like the one forty nine thousand lineups, Ortega, Algio, Tate, Ducati, Simone, Dolce leaves a thousand on the table. Even if you don't want to play Tate, let's say you said, oh, "I don't want to, I don't want to play Tate." Let's say you're just like I'm fading Tate. Okay, well let's so let's see what comes up now. Let's let's build a hundred without Tate. And let's see. If you don't mind Ducati against Penne, build 100 and see what those look like. You just, I don't want to play Misha Tate. Okay, fine. Plus 380 inside the distance at 8,800 isn't all that great. Okay. So now we go to the lowest salary lineups. Here's one that leaves 2,300 on the table Ortega, Algeo, Ducati, Jordan, Simone, Stolfus. It was actually like plus 110. He's not that big of an underdog at 7,300. <coughs> Who could wrestle? Like this lineup is not, this lineup is not, it's not absurd. It leaves 2,300 on the table and really is not absurd. Who says these aren't the six highest scoring fighters on the slate? It could be. So we take a look at lineups, maybe in even in the 49K range. Let's say you didn't. Okay, people may go. I don't want to. I don't want to play Ducati either, right? I don't want to play Ducati. I want to play Salikov, right? He's slow. I don't want to play Ducati. Okay. I don't want to play D- Dwight Grant. Uh, okay. Let let's let's see what this looks like. I'm just I'm just going through all the objections. I can't play that guy. Yeah, but in, in MMA DFS, you have to play every guy. There's no, you can't play that guy. Anything could happen. Look, this is the look at this lineup. Leaves 1,500 on the table. Ortega, Algeo, Jordan, Jacoby, Simon, Penny. Right, because obviously you're going to have a lot of Ortega. And a lot of, uh, do we have any Yair Rodriguez? No, actually we spend the money on the 9K fighter. Lemos and Sumarji. But we go, let's let's organize this by salary. But look, here's a line, here's a lineup that leaves what 3,500 on the table. Ortega Shore, Jordan Burns, Stolfus leads Jing Lang. Is that that nuts of a lineup? Really? You don't see a path where any of these fight all these fighters score 100 plus points. I do. Ortega, obviously. Sure. Wrestling. He if he has a dom, dominate Simon. Jordan, knockout, Burns, first round submission. Stolfus is a is nearly a favorite against Grant at that price. And maybe he gets a first round submission. Li Jing Lang, I mean, he could knock out Salikov or something. I mean, like, this isn't that absurd. It leaves 3,500 on the table and it's not absurd. You're not talking about playing my plus 7 million underdogs. I mean, this is not absurd. So, like, why why can't you play these lineups? These, these lineups are going to be way more unique, if not completely unique. But even if we go to, like, a lineup that's, like, 9,000 on it, you know, do we even have any? Or once we get rid of all those people, 
Like, in going through all this, you see how few 9K fighters show up in lineups. But people are going to be jamming in two of them. They're going to be playing probably at least one, and some are going to be jamming in two. I'm going to be playing lineups that look more like this. Maybe not, not as dramatic as this, but this is this this lineup is not as absurd as it as, as that salary would make it look like. I would not be shocked if all six fighters were the top six fighters in the slate. We have underdogs with paths to 100 points. Of course, some of them, if they don't get in the first round, they're dead. I mean, yeah, but that's, well, welcome to MMA DFS. That's what it is. I'm more likely to play these types of lineups than the ones that we were making before. Oh, I'm going to put in, I'm going to put in Sousa Margie. I'm going to put in Algeo. I'm putting in Shore, put in Ortega, put in Jung, put in Stolzfus. Yay, I won 900 bucks splitting it 184 ways. It's not profitable long-term to do it that way. John asked, how much do you factor duplicating lineups in single entry? It's the same the same way. That's why if you take a look at my combo calculator, I, I put in all the contests. Why all you have to do is just, what's the field size? All you're doing is multiplying the ownership to get a number, right? Product, the product ownership, the multiplication, that's called ownership product, not ownership sum. And you multiply, use this number and you multiply it by how many entries are in the contest. And that's a blunt way. That's why I say average dupes. So you just multiply. You're not considering the correlation between two, a high price fighter versus a low price fighter. There, there, there's combinatorics involved and not just the ownership product. But this is, a, this is a, a much, if you're not doing anything, this is a much better way than doing nothing. So in a single entry, let's say you were playing the, the 555, which isn't a single entry, but it's a 300 field size contest. Like this lineup would probably not even be duplicated, whatever this lineup was, 42, 40, 19. But even the highest owned lineup that may be duped two or three times, like you probably don't want to play those types of lineups either. That's all you'd be doing. So you're factoring and duplicating lineups in, in any contest. But obviously, the smaller the contest, the less likely that there, there'll be as as many or, if any, dupes. I can guarantee you in the 555, if you play the 46-5 lineup, you'll be unique. You'll No one will have that lineup. But do you need to even play a lineup like that? No. You could, pro- you could, probably, you could probably play the lineups that, that even we were making, and it wouldn't be that bad. Right? Like in a, in a, in a small field, I'm talking about 300 or less entries. Like we put in like, like here's our uh, our most common lineup like Ortega, Shore, Jung, and Stolzfus, like something like this. Would I play this in the five fifty five? No, this probably gets duplicated, right? And if it's not Sumarji, it'll be Soriano at fifty thousand. But if it's like if you just wanted to like okay, I'm going to take out Shore and put in Burns. And obviously not play Algeo and play Lamos. Like if you want to play this lineup, 49-7, let this you're probably not going to be duped in a in a 300 person contest. This may be fine. But that's fine. That's it. 300 left. I mean, you left 300 on the table. You you got off. I mean, you're still playing some of the higher owned fighters. Right? So instead of Stolfus, maybe you play Jordan. Okay, that's still fine. Right? You go this and you play Jordan instead. Okay, that's still fine. 49-6. Right? You don't have to get you don't have to get that nuts. And you added up all these, you you probably st- still underneath one. You don't want to be playing cash lineups. You don't want to be, you want to stack the main event in those 300 people or less contests. You don't want to play cash lineups. You don't want you don't want to play like four of the highest owned fighters together. Can you play three of them together? Sure. Yeah, that's why I said the groups that I made are more for large field GPPs, but you could probably move this up to two and this up to three for the smaller field ones. In the large field ones, it's 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 much less. You, you don't want to dupe 700 times. You don't want to dupe a lot. The smaller field contest, what's the worst thing that happens? You dupe once. 
You don't want that, but I mean, it's. But you're not going to, you're not, you're most likely in like uh, the, the small field single entry stuff, the hundred dollars single entry. You're not, you're not, you're not going to run in. You're not going to run into a lineup. That's going to be duped 18 times. The lineups that are duped are going to be three, four stuff like that. And most likely they're going to be, they're going to resemble cash lineups, but instead of stacking the main event, it's just one other guy. Right. So if, if this, I'm assuming the cash lineup, a cash type build on this slate is going to be uh, Ortega, uh, Ortega and Yari Origi. So you stack the main event, right? You play Shore. You play Jung for the line value, right? You still got 87.50 left. I don't even know if you play Bill Algeo. You could play Algeo. Okay, we have to include people also. Right, maybe you play Algeo and Tate. Yeah. Or you play Stolzfus against Grant. And then you play, okay, well, now, now you have way too much salary. I don't know, what the hell, what 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 would the what would the line of construction be? Play Ducati and Soriano? Yeah, something like that, maybe. I mean, you could just go do Algeo, Tate, something like this. And I'm expecting cash lineups to have kind of like these four four guys. Stack the main event, Shore and Young. That's what I'm expecting. There's going to be one of the 9K fighters and then some, something like that. So if just as long as you avoid like having all of this, to, having a cash lineup and a 1v1 in the, in, the, in the small field stuff, you should be fine. Like if you're not going to have this combination... You almost don't even, you don't, you're you're probably not going to be running into dupes. But there we go. That's what we talk about on Fridays. I don't know. It's it's, it's, it's a nice little combination, the combination conversation. Yeah, that, there you go. That, 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 that works. The combination conversation doesn't seem that sexy, but you know, this is, this is the, 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 this is, this is how you win in small format types of contests. NFL showdown, right? Stuff with, there's not many players to select. So it's not a matter of at finding the most probable, because the most probable is probably a lineup that's that's uh, that's duplicated 54 times. It's about finding the most profitable, right? So you'll lose more often, but when you win, you win 100K solo. Or you split it three ways. You get like 38,000 or something like that. Rather than, oh, I came in first place. Thank you for my $1,200. You're spending the same eighteen dollars for for the for the entry. You're spending eighteen dollars an entry, but it has a maximum payout of twelve hundred dollars. I'm spending eighteen on eighteen bucks on a maximum pay of a hundred thousand. Doesn't happen as often, but when it does, it makes up for all the times that it does. That's what plus EV means. Ian Braden asks, do you treat each of your single entry three max lineups as independent lineups, each plus EV for the given contest? Or do you view those as an isolated portfolio where you want particular exposures for fighters? You always, let, let's let's go over this again. Every lineup is independent, okay? How you determine your exposure is completely and 100% up to your own personal risk tolerance. If all the lineups are plus EV, you can play whatever. Let's say you're going to play three lineups in your portfolio. Should you play? Someone will ask me, I'm going to play three lineups in my portfolio. Uh, and I'm going to play a main event fighter. Should I play all three Ortega? Can I play all three Yair Rodriguez? Can I play two and one? Which one would be the bet? They'll say the word better, which is better. I go, neither is better. I said, build three lineups. Are they all plus EV? You go, yes. So play them. I said, but they all three of them have Ortega. He said, can you build one lineup with Rodriguez that's plus EV? They go, yeah. Okay, so replace that one with someone else. I mean, like, it's all up to whatever you want to do, right? As long as the lineups are plus EV. I have 150 lineups. Should I lock in Brian Ortega? Can you make 150 plus EV Ortega lineups? Yes. Okay, then play them. But what happens if Rodriguez wins? It's like, well, then you're dead. So, oh, that's not good. I want 75 each. I was like, no, no, you just want to play plus EV lineups. Can the 150 Ortega lineups, can you build similarly 
EV line plus EV lineups with Rodriguez. 150 of those. Yes. So who says you can't play the 150 of the Rodriguez lineups? Said, well, wouldn't it be better to play 75 of each? It's like you could play 90 of one and 60. You could play. Once you have those three, you have 300 lineups. You have 150 or late or take lineups, 150 Rodriguez lineups. They're all plus EV lineups. They're, let's say they're all uniques, right? They're all uniques, right? So you don't even have to worry about duplication. That's that's how good they are. They're all unique and plus EV. You have 300, but you could you could only play 150 of them. Well, just randomly choose. It doesn't. I mean, you could choose them whichever way you want. If you want, if you want to make sure that you don't have minus 95 percent of the day, maybe you want to be more diverse. If you want to have a lot of shots at like if this if this combination goes through, I got all the I got all the rest of the fighters that go with that combination. You can do that. All all the that's that's a measurement of risk, not a measurement of profitability. If we played this out a million times, you'd be this you'd be profitable regardless of what lineups you choose. Okay, so let's say you have three hundred lineups and you only are choosing three of them. And let's say all 300 lineups have about the same EV and they're all unique. If you randomly chose three of them, every single time when we ran this out a million times, you'd end up with the same amount of money, right? You'd end up with the same amount of money because it's the same expected value. So feel free to choose whatever three you want. Well, should I choose two Ortega and one you Whatever you... If you feel more comfortable, at, like... All of Rodriguez wins, at least I have one lineup that's like, yeah, it's a plus EV lineup, so who cares? You could choose them randomly if you want. You could have all three with one guy. You could have all three with no guy. You could. Are they individually plus EV? Once the answer is yes, then how you choose your portfolio is, a, is risk management, not strategic in any way. So that's why anyone, the, the, the whole above the field, below the field, right? I have more of this and less. I'll be above on that. Doesn't. If the lineups aren't plus EV, it doesn't matter. I have 80%. I'm way over on this guy. And they look at their lineups, and they're all like 50K lineups that are duped 28 times. So I'm like, yeah, great. You're over on that guy, and you're, you're, you're negative EV. Yeah, but I have twice as much as the field. Yeah, but the individual lineups that they're in are bad. So it doesn't matter that you're over the field, what your exposures are. The, those are all measurements of risk, not measurements of like whether or not you have good lineups. So the first concern is build plus EV lineups. Then once you build them, then you can choose whatever way the hell you want to choose them. So don't think in terms, don't start from, I'm going to play three lineups, two Ortega, one Rodriguez. No, just, it's, if you're going to play three lineups, you know what you should do? Build 30 lineups of all different types. Here's one I leave a little money on the table. Here's one I don't leave money on the table. Here's one I don't play the main event. Here's one I do play the main. And just try to build all different combinations of what you believe plus EV lineups are. Different combinations. Build 30 of them. You're only going to play three. But get used to building them. Build 30 of them. Then once you have 30 that you're like, I don't mind any of these 30 lineups. Then choose the three you want to play. And it could be that, okay, I want to make sure that I have, I have, uh, uh, a Jack Shore lineup. Okay, well, out of the 30, let's say you have five Jack Shore lineups. And you go, okay, which of these Jack Shore lineups do I want to play? Well, I want to play a Jack Shore lineup that uh, that has what, and whatever, this is play whatever you want at this point, right? You already have 30 lineups that are plus EV. Then once you choose the first one, let's say you have a Shore Ortega lineup. And you're like, well, I don't want to play, I only want to play Shore in one of my lineups. Because of risk, because of that's, that, for whatever reason, it doesn't even matter. So the other four shore lineups, you just get rid of. So now you have now you have 25 other lineups to choose from. If you want to play, I don't mind playing all three Ortega lineups, and I'm just going to ride with that. That's fine. You can play two Ortega and one Yair Rodriguez. Once you're choosing from plus EV lineups, then choose whatever way you want. Some people prefer, don't mind the bigger swings and like, you know, being overexposed to people. Saying like, yeah, I, I built I built 700 plus EV lineups and I'm going to choose the 150 and I'm going to have 80% of this guy and 80% of that guy. And I'm going to have a lot of these three-person combinations. So if those three guys do well, like it's hard for me not to win first place because I got like all the, all, the, all the damn combos that are unique with those three fighters. But if one of those three fighters lose, you're dead. Yeah, I mean, you're probably going to lose 90%.
some people are like, I want to kind of avoid minus 95%, but I'm not going to have as many of the combinations. So it's just like, I'm just going to be spread out a lot. Still plus EV lineups. I have 150 lineups, but you may end up with a lot of like, like, oh, I was one guy off because you just don't have every single, like, I was heavy on these two guys, but I didn't have the right combinations of them. But you're less likely to, a lot of times you just, you lose 20%. On a bad day, you lose 40%. You're not going to, probably not going to lose 95%. Which one is better? Neither are bit. There's no, there's no better or worse. That's all, that's all risk management. The individual lineups are plus EV. If we played this out a million times, both portfolios would end up making the same amount of money. But on certain slate, the one with the very condensed pool of heavily exposed fighters, they will make a lot on certain days and really low on a lot of other days. The more diverse lineup set will be more in the middle most of the time. Right? More condensed Maybe you, you could come in first, second, and fourth, and seventh. You may take half the prize pool with you, right? But on the days that you don't, you lose most of your money. The diverse one, you're more likely to go like that. You, you'll win. You'll win just as much. You'll win first place just as often as the other set. But you'll have a lineup in first place, but then no other lineup in the top 100 because you have a lot of different combinations. At the end of a million trials, you both have the same amount of money. You put the same amount of profit in your hand. So it's like, what type of journey do you want? Personally, I prefer the diverse journey. But there are some slates where I'm just like, I see there's an edge here, right? I see this fight is way over-owned. I'm not going to have that many liners with that with those fighters in it. I'm going to choose to build plus EV liners that don't contain those fighters. And if one of those fighters puts up 120 points, then so be it. If I, if I believe, so I will up my risk, but that's not a strategy. That's just, how do you, how do you manage risk? Build plus EV lineups first and then decide how do you, how do you want to manage your own risk? Some people, some people are more tolerant of risk and some people aren't. That's up to you. So hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Give me those thummy thumbs, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Remember, MLB, later today, Grinders Live, 5 o'clock Eastern, then Crunch Time, presented by FanDuel. They'll be leading you up to lock. You get the weather report. I don't know if there's any bad weather today. I'll have to check that out. And uh, remember, uh, we got, we're got we coming up to the All-Star break. So there will be no DFS pregame show on Monday. No DFS pregame show on Tuesday. No DFS pregame show on Wednesday. No DFS pregame show on Thursday. And then we're back on Friday. For, for for fighting Friday, uh, MLB will be back, but we'll be we'll be covering the the next MMA slate, and then we'll be back to our normal schedule from there. So no shows in the morning here for me Monday through Thursday of next week. Uh, sign up for Roto Grinders Combo Premium. You get all all the tools that I I've, I've, I've shown you. Right, not not my spreadsheet, but but uh, lineup HQ. And uh, if you're if you're a part of Combo Premium, if you're part of Premium in general, Roto Grinders, you get access to my Blenders Game Theory channel, and there I I will I, I'm, I'm you don't have to be here on YouTube at eleven o'clock in the morning. You could ask me anything you want in there. So I re, I reply to everything, and then three or four times a month I do private coaching calls in a group setting. It's a little group, and you come on on Zoom, turn on your video, turn on your audio. You could share your screen, ask me anything. I will walk through anything, right? So if you have if you if you want private coaching, right? I know I don't offer private coaching, but that's the closest thing to it. So j- join Roto Grinders Combo Premium or any premium, it doesn't matter what sport you subscribe to. Click on that link in the description, get ten dollars off your first month, and you'll get you'll get the co- those coaching calls as a, as a value add. We have the next one tonight, eight p.m. Eastern tonight. So if you want to be part of it, go sign up for Roto Grinders Premium today. Join the Discord. Look in the Blenders Game Theory channel. You will see a link for tonight. But uh, good uh, that good vacation during the the All Star break. Have a good All Star break. Watch the home run derby. Whatever. I'll be I'll be working on the the advanced course for Theory of DFS. So uh, so hopefully that'll be out uh, first week in August. Uh, but until then, I'll, I'll I'll see you in about a week, and I'll be back answering your DFS strategy questions like I always do.
on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. <laughs> 